This is Deanna, and you're listening to the Thousand Story Podcast. Story Podcast. We are your hosts, Najee. And Luis. And today we're having a roundtable discussion with our lovely friend Deanna. Give it up for Deanna. <laughs> I love the sound effects. Hi guys, how are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> we're excellent, excellent. How are you feeling? I'm so good. Back in New York um, from being in Miami the last month, but it's okay. Staying warm. Hey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Very it's getting good. much, much colder up here. So, Question for you. Um, who are you? <laughs> you know, oh my let's, God, let's that's such backstory. a question. <laughs> that's such a daunting question. <laughs> you know, hey, no, tell no me about your entire you life right you from? now. Type of thing. Okay, um, where am I from? So, I guess we could start with where I was born, obviously. That's New yeah, Jersey. Um, but I was raised in Miami and then moved around back and forth trying to figure out like what do you do after college um eventually i decided to just fulfill my lifelong dream of, like living in new york and being that creative it's like running around and inspiring things are happening so i've been here the last three years um but really going back and forth miami new york sometimes la so more of like a nomad <laughs> got it got wow. it so uh, you you do a lot of freelancing is is what I what I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're very digitally nomadic is is uh. I believe that's the correct term for that, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> as long as I can take my laptop, I'm good wherever. Um, so that prompted me to almost move to Sweden once. Oh, oh. wow! <laughs> yeah, they just is the design. Aesthetic there is just oh, my yeah. style. Um, it's such oh, a yeah. clean city. People are so nice. Spotify is headquartered there. So, you know, there was like an hey. opportunity for me to have a fulfilling life there as well. But that's like a dream later on. Um, for now, just <laughs> freelancing in graphic design, art direction, production, mm-hmm. um, experiential event design and marketing i don't know the list kind of goes on just really anything that seems creative what what got you into all of those because those are pretty that's That's very widespread yeah very broad (laughs) what got you into some of those things um, I guess I've always had a creative gene in my body. My dad is always making furniture, painting, doing something with his hands. And I guess mm. I have that gene. But the, my earliest memory of a creative life was when I was about four, my grandma, she just bought me like this watercolor set and she would put on Bob Ross to keep me entertained while she was cleaning. 
Yo, I swear, I was like the female Bob Ross, like the strokes <laughs> and the clouds. That, like, I thought I was like painting the best thing ever. So then, <laughs> elementary school. Hey, but kept... It could be the best thing ever. You never know. Hey. You never know. I've seen some crazy things in some art galleries in, in Toronto that I'm like, I, I don't know if an adult made this <laughs> or no. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because there actually is a painting elephant. There, there, there is one. There is he, one. He sells work. He does a good job. You know? Damn. But anywho. <laughs> no, so, all very true. Very valid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you're you kind of just, uh, you know, a, a jack of all trades. Master of some, you know. <laughs> but yeah. uh, so I feel like you're, you're, you're kind of qualified to um, talk about some of the things that we were going to talk about as far as the, the freelancer realm. Yes. Um, so also some backstory. You're currently working with uh, who, who's, who's your current project on right now? So I am currently with IMG. They're kind of the media conglomerate of a lot of different companies, New York Fashion Mm. Week being one of them that they're responsible for. So I'm on their design, experiential experiential design and events team. Basically putting together... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. When you say experiential, what, what, uh, what does that entail? Okay, so I don't know if, I mean, if you've ever been to Fashion Week or just really like anything of any pop up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll keep that in mind, Najee and Louis. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, the bomb. <laughs> um, so, experiential really is anything that facilitates an experience, and that could be an immersive, interactive, emotive setting that you walk into and where the design aspect comes into it is, let's say like there's a mural on the wall Mm -hmm. that ties into the messaging of a certain client. Um, So we'll hire out a muralist or an illustrator to put that together. And then that mural will connect with um, all of the signage, all of the um, branding that's relevant to the brand and this campaign. So that's like um, the packaging, um, wow. any like Instagram moments um, that will <clears throat> kind of put further put out their brand into the digital world and hopefully bring back some awareness and some revenue to their brand. So, yeah. So you're creating like a cohesive experience between the audience and that brand. Yes. With basically every small detail involved. Yes, exactly. The the imagery. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Packaging. That's crazy. But I have to say, I get brought on. So I've worked um, with them last season, September, and this February Mm. season coming up. But this team is amazing. They work around the clock all year long. Like once Fashion Week is over one season, they already start brainstorming for the next. And I've never worked with a team that is such like problem solvers, no matter what happens. Because, you know, it's production stuff. Things can not go exactly as planned, no matter how much you prepare for it. So it's just amazing to work with a team that's like, okay, like, this happened, no worries, let's get this done. You do this and you get delegated to do that. And then the problem is solved in like five minutes or in one day. 
It's amazing. It's really fun.、Wow. It's like adrenaline rush for me that I crave. <laughs> Wow, interesting. So, going or, or going off of your、uh, your concept of well, it's not really a concept, but the the, the concept of working with teams,、um, you know, in a, in a in a corporate setting as opposed to like a, a freelancer setting or like an independent setting,、um, do you find that you end up working more often with teams, or like do you work at, with teams at all in a freelancer setting, or do you only experience that in kind of like a corporate setting? Um. Yeah, so that's actually something I want to work more on this year. So in a corporate setting, you know, you are you do work with teams because there is just more space to do that. But at freelancers,、mm-hmm. it's a very like it gets lonely sometimes, and you kind of have to <laughs> create teams or at least hit up your friends every morning. Like, hey, like who's going to work from a coffee shop today? Like, let's work together. And then that、mm. would just stem into like, oh, what are you working on? Maybe I can help you with this, or reach out to homie over and over there and、right. be like, hey, like you should, you guys should totally work together. So that's something that I want to facilitate more this year, just being more collaborative and making sure、mm-hmm. like I'm not always working from home and actually <laughs> seeing other people. <laughs> yeah, because the, they actually have those.、Um, In in a lot of cities,、uh, I, I can't. I want to call them like freelance share space, share space, or, or like shared space. Yeah, like I, I know what you're talking about. You know what like, I'm talking about? Like like creative share spaces, or、yeah. I, they're not called share spaces. No,、That's、they're not called that at all. <laughs> they're they're called coworking. Something like that.、Space. You would know. You would know, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So actually, hey, New York City is so awesome because I actually know where my taxes are going to. They just、hey. opened up. Um, it's called the NYC Hub, I believe, and、oh, you、cool. can reserve four co- co-working spaces a month for free, and you go and work in this co-working space.、Um, it's、mm. in Dumbo, and、um, what else? They have a bunch of like events there on like negotiation for freelancers, contracts、mm-hmm. for freelancers, because、um, you know New York has a freelance isn't free law, which is amazing. Um, yeah. So,、hmm. shout out to New York for that. Wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 wait. Yeah, let's so explain, let's break it. Let's break it. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it free law. Yeah. yeah. What、Hold、does、on. that even mean? <laughs> I've never heard of this. Well, it basically protects you from not getting paid. Like it's you can put this.、Oh, I have to look more into it, so I don't want to say something give the wrong information. But basically, oh,、um, you are protected from not getting paid. So, because、Got、there's、it. been just a lot of stories where, for some reason, like it's just not like people aren't up to the whole gig economy freelancer、mm-hmm. era thing yet. So,、mm-hmm. I've heard of horror stories from friends that will invest in a project and make it the most beautiful thing ever, and just never get paid. And or not? Damn. Yeah, it's horrible. I that's mean, that's crazy. That's also that's、so、something、bad. that I. That's re- really bad. Yeah. It's horrible. It's so sad, and it's it's just something that I feel like I want to educate my friends and more people on because me being a planner and someone who's always prepared, I'm like, okay, like when I first decided、yeah. I was going to freelance, I like looked up like how to be a freelancer, like how do you、mm-hmm. make an invoice, how do you put together a contract. But I realized that not everyone does that or educated themselves on that. So they will work on projects 
without even getting a deposit. And like, that's just so sad to me. Um, so yeah, people need to know about this. They need to know about what goes into these contracts and um, just how to make sure that they're getting paid for their hard work. Basically, I was looking up how to be a freelancer. Like, what are the logistics? Because I know how to do the design and art direction part, but mm -hmm. there's so much more that goes into that once you cross over into this, mm -hmm. this not the dark side, but the <laughs> other side. <laughs> um, and that entails knowing how to write a contract to protect yourself from not doing a million revisions, for example, or, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. So this, this interesting tweet popped up from uh, one of the producers in the community, Mr. Carmack. Um, and I've been asking a few of our guests this. Just because it's, it's such an interesting... I'm curious to see what everybody's take on it. So um, this tweet was about... Specifically about graphic designers. Um, and he said... He said, uh, to all you graphic designers charging $50 every change you make, you need to rethink why you started designing in the first place. He caught obvious flag for that. But <laughs> um, the thing that I... Um, that kind of stuck out to me is that it, it kind of seemed like this out-of-context thing. Like, I couldn't quite comment on his comment specifically because mm -hmm. you know in some instances that would make sense but in some other instances it wouldn't so i wanted to know what was what's your take um on on that whole concept of like you know figuring out what to charge how to charge um and you know just being a freelancer and like the the woes that come with uh you know an independent freelancer versus a corporate freelancer and you know, that, that, that one of our main the main topic for today is just kind of looking at those differences and then how you've kind of navigated them Okay. Um, so when it comes to how I figured out how to price myself, um, I had to be really honest with where I was when I quit my corporate job and mm -hmm. figure out, okay, this is the salary I was making there. Let's break that down to an hourly rate. And mm -hmm. not that I charge hourly, but I just had to like, I had no idea like where to start from. Right. Um, once I figured that out, then I really started time tracking myself on every time I would work on a project and see how long would each different kind of project take. Like how long does it realistically take to design a logo, to do a flyer, to do a website. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, that's how I figured out, okay, this is how much I'm valued at because I know the amount of research and the amount of brainstorming and mind mapping and um, just like the time that it takes to really connect with a client's vision and their mission. And then right. also the actual labor part of it, which is the designing mm -hmm. or whatever else um, you do. So that's how you come up with your rate. And then I think it's... Mm -hmm. Does market, like, does a specific market change that rate? Like, so, for example, like, if somebody were contracting you um, to do something in New York as opposed to, like, a mid-sized city like like a Cleveland or Pittsburgh or, you know what I mean, like Miami or... Or is it just dependent yeah. on where you are specifically? No, um, I personally don't change depending on the market because okay. it doesn't matter like where I am. I'm still going to put them out in the same amount of effort and right. do the same amount of research. And mm -hmm. if Got you're it. hiring me 
and we're do, working on a project together, it's because you mutually we mutually understand that this is how the process is. I mean, at this point, if we're if we're already signing contracts and you're giving me a deposit, then I've already briefed you on my process and we've had a conversation. We got to vibe. We got to know each other. I'm kind of selective on that right. energy and who I should work with. Um, so yeah, it doesn't matter for me like where the market is. Um, but yeah, that I do have to put like I have to put in written down somewhere like okay, these are the amount of revisions allotted, and then if it goes beyond that, it depends on the situation. Like it, it just depends on. I don't really know. What exactly it depends on? It, um, <laughs> it's like, hmm. It just depends, I guess, on the the scope of the project. Um, how worth it is it for me to not charge you for something? Like, if it's something simple, like change the color or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do that without um, going into like, well, there was only three revisions in the contract. Right, right, um, right. But if it's something that requires a lot of effort and thinking, or even like some people say, oh, can you just relay out this flyer for a laptop versus on your phone? It'll only take you five minutes. And what people don't understand is like you're changing a whole vertical layout into a horizontal layout that's much bigger that doesn't only take me five minutes um so that's right. definitely something that i would have to count as a revision a legitimate revision got it, got it, got it. yeah so, so it's interesting so you like you've kind of like figured out your own system for revisions mm-hmm. you know yeah. for myself you know i guess it depends on the medium but like every most creative mediums have you know their their own definitions and their own guidelines, but like for in in music, if I'm doing like a mixing project for somebody, um, you know my revisions. It's interesting because like most of the stuff that I would do, I, I would kind of hand them like a semi final project, um, and the revisions in that for me are just like, I, I guess it, it varies. You know, same thing. It's either minor or major, and it, you know it depends on the the person involved, what they're asking for. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's like. Um, I need this to sound like this specific artist, and I, I give them that. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and then they don't like that 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 effect, and they're like, you know what? Actually, make me sound like this person. And if that requires a whole, you know, yeah. overall, over, overall, just shift yeah. the things, and obviously, I count that as a revision. But even more so, to be honest, because like I would just count that as a whole new project, depending on how much I have to do. Mm-hmm. So like, if mm-hmm. I'm already finished with the song, and somebody's like, "Eh, do whatever," I'm like, "Yeah, you gonna pay me?" That's not just a revision thing. Um, but uh, Louise, have you come across that in the in the corporate realm? Like, have have you? Yeah, I mean, because I, I used to work, so I, I worked in advertising, and uh, I had to deal with like a lot of clients, and the issue always. <laughs> I, that I found was always at the very end of the project. Okay. I feel like there was so much time to talk about what we were doing and where we were going with it. And then at the very end, it was just like, oh, I just randomly had, randomly had a new idea. But in the corporate realm, it was weird because um, it was really just like, give him what he wants as soon as possible. Yeah. It so wasn't even... It, they didn't even give me a chance of just like being like, okay, but I have a, I have a creative stake in this too. 
you know, like it, it wasn't any of that. It was just like, just destroy the project that you've been working on and work as quickly as possible to make them happy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where I've learned kind of my system is because before I started freelancing, I've worked at branding agencies before. I've worked mm -hmm. um, in-house as well and in advertising too. And, th and in those settings, it is that. It's just like whatever makes the client happy because they're paying yeah. us thousands of dollars for this. Yeah. Um, where you and don't, you don't want to lose the client. I yeah. Mean, and you're also working on like, it's a very fast pace in agency world. So you're working on like mm -hmm. five projects at once and you sometimes feel that it's not worth it to even be like, well, wait a minute, let's take a, a break here and really like think this through yeah. because you just need to get on to the next thing. So yeah, that's the difference yeah. with corporate yeah, freelance. I, st I started off being like, hold on though, like... I was working on this. It's almost like my baby. You know what I yeah, mean? And yeah, yeah. And then you, and then you stop. You quickly stop because it's just, yeah. You're right. It's totally not worth it because they don't care what you really think. You know, they're not, you're not really there to. You're there to problem solve for the client as much as the client needs. Yeah. But then once that's once that's over, if the unless the client's happy or not, you know, that's that's pretty much where it. Comes interesting. Down to. Yeah. It, 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 so like, it's interesting to me at least how. In the corporate realm, it's a very different paradigm than the, than the I guess, the independent freelancer mm -hmm. realm. Like, I, I, I get it, though. I mean, like, in a corporate sense, you're working, it's a company working for another company. And yeah. in the freelancer sense, it's, you know, a company coming to a specific person. person. Mm -hmm. Or it can even still be a company, but, like, you know, a specialized person or thing that does a really good job at this one thing they're coming to them specifically for mm -hmm. that they're not like coming to them like, like, like a bulk project yeah or things yeah. like that like it, at least typically you know mm -hmm. if, if you're going to a, an individual person they're very specialized um so it's it's interesting how we kind of have to shift our mindset in those different spaces like when you're by yourself do you feel like you end up working in more of like a specialized uh, headspace, <laughs> you know, when mm -hmm. you're when you're by yourself versus when you're in corporate, or do you have opportunities to do that kind of specialist work even where you work, uh, Deanna? Um, wait, sorry, Ref can you ask that again, please? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I guess it's, it's just more like thinking about the pros and cons of of, of either world. You know what I mean? Like, do yeah. you feel that in a, in a corporate? Se yeah, go ahead. If, if you got it. Um. So in a corporate, like. There is pros to a corporate setting because there is some kind of hierarchy in um, mm. client expectation and communication. So if you do have a, a very supportive team and everyone's been working on this for a while and a client kind of changes their idea all, all of a sudden, you do have some kind of form of camaraderie and protection because the creative director's role specifically is to maintain the integrity of the strategy of this project and mm -hmm. if what the client is requesting might ruin their own vision or their own mission that affects the execution of the project, the creative director can protect you and defend you or bring up your ideas. Where if you're a freelancer, you're kind of everything in one. Mm. So yeah. yeah. yeah so right. you have to be producing work, being creative, but then you have to 
So that's the easy part, honestly. The hard part is selling your ideas and convincing a client that this is the route they need to take, even though they had this big grand idea and that's what they came to you for. So you really right. have to like be more explicit in defining your role. It's like, okay, so for, okay, this is the difference between graphic design and art direction, I believe. This is what I've learned because now I see myself more as an art director. So right, a graphic right. designer, it's more of a specialized role. Like you're coming to me to design um, a certain aesthetic that you have, or I'm an illustrator and you're coming to me to give me this prompt and that's how it's going to go. Where an art director, um, they don't necessarily have to be the one designing. Like, so I'm, oh, I guess I forgot to tell you guys, I'm also freelancing with Ultra Music Records. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, was, I was wondering if you were still working there because I, I knew you were were there at one point, but you were still there. Busy. Yeah, I'm still working with um, this one artist that recently assigned on to them. And we just finished wrapping up the artwork and the music video for his first single off his debut album with them. So I've hey, learned a congratulations. lot. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's been really fun. It's been a huge learning curve because that's mm. where I crossed the line into designer versus art director. And mm. art director, I'm basically strategizing, conceptualizing the vision and the story of the single and the album. And then helping, mm. like hiring on photographers and directors and um animators to put this vision together so i do have to step into the role of also hearing what the artist has to say um mm -hmm. and you know taking in their vision for the album and the single that they want to release but mm -hmm. also being like well okay this is the name of the song this is what you're telling me the name of the song means and all this but how about we try a little less of a literal route and we do this and then you have to be confident and be sharp in how you're gonna explain that and back that up because there is gonna be pushback obviously um so yeah that's the difference between a graphic designer and art director and art director yeah so you know you're, you're definitely more in the well you're literally directing the direction of things within that case you know it, it's it's more so like they're giving you the reins you know as opposed to as a graphic designer you're, they're just kind of telling you you know go here do this thing and then you're doing your best job mm -hmm. but you know the, you're kind of you're already directed in that sense yeah um yeah, oh, that exactly. makes sense. That, that definitely makes sense. You know, and I feel like um, in in the in the freelancer route, like, could you work? Would you would you do work as an art director as a, like as a freelancer? Like, do you prefer one or the other? Like in a freelancer corporate setting, uh, like like which one do you feel like you thrive in the most in the art direction space? Um, I think I definitely um, it would be on my own as a freelancer and not be like in a label or in a corporate setting because if I'm being hired on as an art director, freelance, a specific artist or whoever came to me specifically because they wanted to work with me. And usually in those situations, it's because we already know each other or it was through mutual friends and we know of mm. each other's vibe. So 
I always start every, my whole process, no matter what I'm working on, always with either a phone call if we can't meet in person, a FaceTime <laughs> call, or an actual meeting in person. And before we talk about the project or anything, I'm just naturally a curious person and want to know about people. So I always like ask about, so like, how did you even get into music, for example? Like, what, what was your childhood like? When was the moment in your life that you decided this is what you're going to do? Like, why do your songs sound like this? Like, what's the emotion behind that? And going into more of the psychological and the, I guess, the, the vibes of someone before I start working, decide to work with them. And then, so once we get through that, then everything is easy because I guess my inspiration and my motivation mainly comes from curiosity and just like Hmm. my urge, like my, I have this urge to just like want to know about people, like really know people, you know, like not like the basic stuff. And It's awesome working with musicians because they get that too. Like they really want to know the world and they want their, the world to know their music and know like what they were feeling or what the, uh, the, what the listener is, how the listener's feeling. Like it's a very like, the two industries are, I guess, really hand in hand and they're really relatable because it all stems from an emotion. Yeah. Very true. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it is. The, but it makes sense that it's more <laughs> fulfilling because, like, at that point, you're making an actual connection as opposed to just working on a project that you're given. Exactly. Like, I'm not being assigned something and then trying yeah. to figure out the missing pieces. I'm right. making the missing pieces. And, and then we're working together to come up with a vision. Like, for example, um, yeah. Uh, my friend Spree Wilson, he, we were introduced by another um, amazing designer creative and the project started off as, hey, like I need someone to design my logo. It -hmm. wasn't like, can you art direct my music video or anything? So, Mm -hmm. but because a logo is a very personal visual, like visual mark of representation Mm -hmm. of yourself. So um, obviously I have to like go through that whole process. Like, who are you? What is your why? What's your purpose? Like, what are you, why are you even doing music? So Spree, like from our very first phone call, we had two hour long phone call and he just went into the whole depths of his life. Like even like telling me about um, when he would go on road trips with his mom, um, in Tennessee, I believe, and they would like listen to Jimi Hendrix or listen to the Beatles. And so all of those little nuggets for me, I translated into this retro 70s, like youthful vibe that he has going on with his logo, but something that's so timeless and works with a modern audience. And so because of that a project, we just naturally became friends after that. And he would like bounce creative ideas with me. And now he has an album coming out. And the first single was um, The Jealous Song, which is out Mm. now everywhere. And the video is coming out next week. So I'm really excited for people to see that because there was a lot of creative strategy and just like, 
I mean, I don't even know if I call our creative strategy meetings meetings because that's a other thing about being a freelancer and mm-hmm. about the whole energy thing is like when you guys have meetings, it kind of feels like you're just hanging out with someone, even though you're getting all this stuff done. And right. that's where the most creative juices come from. Just like not even thinking about technical shit, you know? Yeah, no, so, just, just kind of feeling just, the vibe. Yeah. Feeling, feeling what a person's, yeah, their, their energy that they're radiating, what they kind of want you, or how you guys feel, you know, with each other, just working with each other. Exactly. That totally makes sense. So, so much uh, content but, came from that, and the video is going to be amazing. <laughs> we <laughs> That's it. super exciting, yeah. I'll update you guys uh, next week. <laughs> yeah. How, how long has this been in the works for? Um, so, we started this process for this single um, a couple months ago. I would say, like, three mm. months ago. So it was Damn. a yeah it 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 went back a That's... little bit because we worked with his um, director Artemis Jenkins on uh-huh. the story and the treatment and then there was a lot of research involved and you know Spree has that very like retro seventies kind of vibe so that was the fun part for me because I knew exactly where to go and knowing where to go for your resources is Mm -hmm. so helpful when you're freelancing because as a freelancer you know you have to work on everything so you kind of work 80 hours in one week Um, so having your little tricks on like where do I go for stuff and for this like I went to my favorite place the record shop and just looked through a bunch of like Isaac Hayes like records and just being exposed to that aesthetic and that's how it just trickled down into what the cover artwork is now damn that's That's a really cool process yeah yeah like it's it's (laughs) It's a process being that you know we're i'm a freelance creator in in that sense um you know for not just for myself obviously but for other people Mm -hmm. um you know i find like that the resources that I have, you know, like you said, are just kind of limited to what I, I know. And, and my network is is somewhat limited, but it's also expansive at the same time, you know, because you, you have friends and you gain connections through every single you know new job that you, you kind of work or complete or just, you know, collab on, on something with. So, like, for me, I've always grown my resources through other people. I mean, obviously through myself, too, and I have my own resources, but, like, I found that most of my my best work came from working with other people and kind of being around that space mm. and that energy. For um, sure. And, you know, like, it, it's interesting because, like, you know, in the corporate space, I don't know if you can get that. To, I mean, you, you can obviously find resources. There are corporate resources and there yeah. are, like, literal, like, you know, libraries of content that you can find. But, <laughs> I mean, like, in, in the same token, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, when you were meeting up with people um, that, you know, you, just, you, you kind of kept it chill and kept it lax and, and, and formed the connection. And through those connections, like, I, I I think it's easier to find more resources and more of a network and more of a, you know, a, a better product when you're able to actually connect with that person specifically. Because, you know, then they, you know, they, you might, you might mention something in conversation in passing, like, oh, you know, I, I like this, or I, I remember you mentioned this and I thought of you. 
and then that might spur you know somebody be like oh hey i mentioned i I saw you like this thing here let me send you a few more of these and and it just it kind of is this snowball effect of Mm. networking and and assets and things and and directions and inspirations that you didn't even know existed Mm -hmm. um whereas if you're just like kind of like in a corporate setting you know they're like work within these parameters give them what they need and then you know so on and so forth move on to the next Uh, project you you get a nice (laughs) reference and you know have a great day but you know it's, it's just nice to be able to be in that space where we can kind of just share like like i found a lot of friends genuine friends through you know just collabing and being at, you know as a freelancer as opposed to in the corporate realm that's not to say again that it doesn't exist but it's just it's it's i i don't know like do, do you find that like it was easier to have like friends in a corporate space i mean because like there's there's something no. to say for you know like no. being all of you going through it together like you know like yeah. being in school and everybody's going See, through the same the struggle the thing about that is i feel like it's just yes you do become friends but it's kind of like forced friendship because like you're there in the trenches you yeah. know for <laughs> sure but it's like i i wouldn't like n- not to say that i wouldn't like choose that that would be my first choice mm. but it wasn't an organic meeting you know so, what I mean? Yeah. It's not like we organically be- became friends because uh, we like were out one day at a bar and I met you and then we just started rooming together and then <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it wasn't anything like that. It was it's just kind of like <laughs> it was more kind of like, hey, we're here in this space confined together and we're forced to work with each other. So then you develop friendships. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, do you, do you think those are? I mean, they can. I feel like they can be. They genuine. can be. They can Some be just as great of friendships. It's just, it's not something that is a decided friendship. It's not like I'm sitting here, and you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. more like we're locked in this room to get in this building together. So, I gotta make friends. You definitely you know? have to make friends. Um, but I guess more into that, I guess that kind of vein. Like, how do you manage time for your work and? and friends are like like I, at this point it's kind of easier to just kind of blur the lines between the two and you know have your friends be people you work with so Deanna how do you kind of approach that whole thing like do you find that you mostly just have friends who you work with or do you genuinely like set aside time to like go and connect with other people that mm-hmm. are outside of your work so um sometimes it's equally both um So last year was actually my first official year of being a freelancer. And it was... (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, But so it was a lot of learning time management and learning how to be more assertive and just say no. And knowing like, you know, because sometimes you feel that you need to be somewhere because they could there could potentially be an opportunity there. And so that's where friends and work kind of the line gets blurred there. But if you're not working and if you're not creating and setting that time out to just create for yourself, mm-hmm. what what is it going to do for you to meet the right person, supposedly, if you don't mm-hmm. have anything to show for it, you know? So you mm-hmm. kind of have to, um, you can work, like I do work pretty well with my friends when I have, so I, I kind of separate my days and like, today's like a content creation day, today's like an admin day, and today's like strictly work day. I try to do that. Hmm my best so on like content creation inspo days that'd be a good day for me to go work with friends because i don't know what i'm going to be inspired by by checking out what they're working on or what they think about 
a certain thing. Um, but there are days where I have to be like, hey guys, like I'm like the group chat, because I have this amazing group chat with super talented creative women. So it's really that's where the line gets blurred too because we all work on really cool shit but then mm. we start talking about like things that are not relevant to work so you just have to be transparent in your intention and your communication and be like hey like i'm gonna go zone out on work for four hours um so i'm not gonna look at my phone if you do need some advice for work just like answer me i'll answer you later type thing right, right, right. Yeah. So I guess it's pretty smart. You know, it kinda of keeps it balanced, keeps yourself <laughs> sane, you know, yeah. you know, kind of yeah, it does. delegate time for everybody involved. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you have to be like a little selfish with your time. Um being a freelancer mm. because yeah. you do work on so many things like that are not just that's not just creative. You have to yeah. take care of your finances and take care of your proposals Business. and all that. Yeah. You gotta be a business persons oh yeah do, do you feel like it's easier to well it's not that it's easier it's like do you feel like it's it's more of a a, a challenge to kind of make that prioritization as a freelancer versus a corporate um in a, in a corporate setup like mm. do you feel like you have more time to work with in, in either or yeah because it is kind of a challenge because you know you have a corporate job like you have dedicated time for work you go in at nine yeah. you leave at six then work yeah. doesn't matter until the next day so from six to ten or whatever i'm gonna go hang out with friends go to happy hour do whatever but as mm -hmm. a freelancer your schedule isn't really set up like that and you do think you have more time so it's kind of hard for you to gauge like how much time should I actually spend here at this event or at this coffee shop with a friend before I have to go back and finish work to meet a deadline? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems to me like like with freelancing is although going back to the pros and cons, I mean, with with a corporate job, a pro is that you have your set dedicated time. And then afterwards, you're just like, all right, whatever. I'm off. I'm off the clock. Like, I'm not getting paid don't for this. Me. So yeah. I'm not, yeah, like, don't even message me right now because I'm just like, send me an email, but I'm not reading it, you know. But as a freelancer, I mean, you're kind of just on all the time. Yeah. And, you know, you, you tend to put like way more hours than you would at a, at a regular corporate job because not only are you handling the creative work, but you're handling your administrative work. You know, like you're, you're treating yourself as a, as a whole business. How, what kind of tools do you use? for that sort of like I guess organiz organizational tools do you use to kind of keep yourself in check when it comes to that because like taxes are daunting for many freelancers mm -hmm. you know um, most of them don't even really know <laughs> what to do yeah it's it was it was a like little trial and error trying to figure it out but for invoicing and proposals and contracts and time tracking and all that i use mm -hmm. software called anco it's actually completely free now because fiverr bought them out and oh, cool. it's really great they already have like freelancer clauses already set up in kind of a standard contract and you can edit certain things like numbers of revisions um payment terms cancellation percentage dates and stuff like that and um also if you connect it to your bank account 
You can also go, it'll remind you every week, like you need to put your expenses in this week. So you can also have your expenses there. And then I believe I haven't tried it yet because I usually use quick, uh, quick books, I think, um, for Mm -hmm. taxes. But I think there is a service on there where you can talk to, um, a tax representative and they can help you like do your taxes through there too. And then also you can integrate your Google calendar in it to remind you when your deadlines are coming up or when um, clients need to pay their deposit. So it's really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. I tell everyone about it. Um, They also send you like if you sign up for their newsletter, they'll send you great books. They have like this PDF book called... um, freelancer hack or something and it's like hacks for different things um also i That's use awesome. naji knows i use wonderless so I do. Wonderless. <laughs> yeah, you do. it's so great it's, it's so great <laughs> it's so great because you can yeah. that helps with not being overwhelmed because you can put mm-hmm. in your task and then you put in your subtask and kind of like set dates for everything and chunk things yeah. down. And then yeah. also not tell a client like, oh yeah, I can totally do this for you in two weeks when you really can't because you break right. it down and see like, oh wait, I can't do this. Um, so that's also, you can also integrate your Google Calendar into that. Um, so that I keep for like, for you can categorize things into folders. So I have work, mm-hmm. errands, life stuff, events, and and goals and stuff like that. Everything yeah. is That's on dope. that. That's yeah. really cool. Super dope. Thank I, you for the tip. I did have a question though. Like speaking because you did mention Fiverr. Is that anything that you've ever used? Is that anything that is it is it worth using? Like how has it positively or negatively affect freelancers? Do you do you think? Um, okay. <laughs> I I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but I just don't think that it sets a good image for um, freelancers, for graphic mm-hmm. designers who take a little bit more time and really delve into their process. So... Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing for someone to be able to like finish a logo in a day, but I don't necessarily think that it's going to be the most unique mark to that actual client. And so that's why they think like a lot of people think, oh, like a a logo maybe only costs like $50. And yeah, it might cost $50 if you put no research and thought into it and they completed it in a day but based right. off yeah. of like templated um, vector icons that they can download offline or something or if it was just right. the font so that they downloaded yeah so yeah. Ma- maybe in certain you- situations like that yeah. is what you want to do and that's all you need but I don't personally think that it creates a full branding experience like you shouldn't start like that i don't think that's gonna um lead to a very life proof kind of brand in my Mm -hmm. opinion that makes sense well i mean if it does you're gonna be known for being very cheap yeah Yeah, (laughs) and that also too like your reputation like people do talk about money to other people so you're gonna be known as the person that only charges 50 dollars, and then one day like 
life hits you or whatever and you decide you want to raise your prices, it's going to be really hard for you to um, justify that and explain that because first of all, maybe you don't even have like that kind of extensive process. So how are you going to sell something, you know? And then it does affect other designers or other freelancers in another creative industry that do take their time to really connect with a client and um, come up with unique pillars in whatever it is that they're executing. Because, because, you know, if, if you're constantly and I think that's a really big problem with a lot of creative industries is that well, at least does that happen in your industry oh a hundred percent where how, how know, does the, that happen the prices are, are lander driven you yeah, lander oh. <laughs> what's but that like they lander is a is a an online mastering service yes um so basically you send in your mix it's automated as well so you send in your your mixes and for like five bucks or ten bucks or whatever the case may be i think they might what? have tiers for different yeah. services um they automatically will master your thing yeah. it's and it's trash. based on a algorithm that's so that they cheap. created that's crazy so it's not even a person doing it so it's nobody's trash. even listening to it it's just like literally just mastering it based on whatever the and like loudness, so yeah. it's like, yeah, this this works, this is good, and for me, it like the things like that cheapen the the medium itself, the craft, the craft mm-hmm. you know. And I find that that's a really big problem with a lot of creative industries, where you have a lot of artists or you have a lot of creators who one cheapen the craft by doing things like you know, like I'll do five beats a day, ten beats a day, or you know, give, give you a pack of such and such for like 50 bucks and then people start expecting that you know clients start expecting they can get x amount of uh, you know beats for x amount of money and then when you're like no i actually have quality stuff for way more because this is what it should be (laughs) you know then look at you sideways like what are you talking about like this this should only be this much and you know we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot i think you know a lot of times with how we you know just not educating ourselves on what we should actually be charging Mm -hmm. and it's just reinforcing that 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 thought that uh you know we should you know it should only be this you know creatives don't really demand or 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 they should not uh yeah you know expect that much and it's like nah no we do yeah we're yeah (laughs) i mean it's happened all around though like in 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 many industries i mean but that that's why i feel like our generation is really trying to bring that back because Mm. you know you even had that in i mean that's why you have a lot of like artisans like i i've seen a lot of people who are like woodworkers Mm. you know what i mean and like i feel like there was a point in time where woodworking like you just couldn't make a career off of that but at this point in time you you can you can also mm-hmm. Patreon. There's, yeah, there's you know independent just word of mouth things. Yeah. you know there's small com- or small communities where mm-hmm. you know you can or like you know co-ops or you know weekly um, farmers markets where you can kind of yeah. sell these things. You're like black or not black markets, but uh, <laughs> flea markets. the black market. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Flea markets are not yeah. black markets. <laughs> no, they're not. No, or, they're not. Well, I mean, sometimes, you really don't know. Sometimes they where do be. they get their stuff? I have no idea. But I feel like, you know, we're definitely trying to create more of a space yeah. for bringing back quality art and paying for that yeah. quality art. You yeah. Know? And yeah, it's just I, crazy. I think, but, like, the clients, like, in retrospect, the clients that told me, oh, like, I can't afford that. Or can you can you do this in exchange for exposure? <laughs> I hate that oh word. My God. I hate exposure that word. Exposure oh, oh, my God. I so hate sorry. that word. Um, oh my god that is so problematic because like what yeah. is gonna guarantee <laughs> yeah. that I'm gonna That's get a project 
based on expo like what i don't i don't yeah. know i no <laughs> nothing like, is how free. am i gonna pay rent with this these am i going to imaginary eat? money <laughs> oh no <laughs> but this, i always give people exactly so you're talking about eating i always give people the grocery analogy like you're not gonna go to a grocery store and get to the cashier and be like hey um or or go to the deli and be like, hey, can you make me a sandwich? I'm totally going to bring my whole neighborhood here back to this deli if you give me the sandwich for free. Like, no, yeah. they're not yeah. going to give it That's, to you for no. free. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. It's I just, not, it just I, doesn't work that way. I don't get where people I think that is definitely dying, though. The That is dying. Like people are being more transparent and about their pricing and helping other creatives feel more confident mm-hmm. and pushing back because um, that's important. That's something that for me, I always try and do is just be really transparent in my process and tell other creatives like how I go about things. And even what I charge, I don't mind telling people that um, and answering their questions on why I charge a certain price, because right. that's the only way that us as this freelancer community collectively is going to like refu- uh what's the word i said refute but that's not a word right no it is, no, it is a word, it's definitely a word. <laughs> is that the word that i'm looking for like fight back i guess i guess i just didn't want to say yeah. fight back but anyways <laughs> <laughs> that's um the only way that we're gonna make it long term is just if people start being more transparent and just start being more honest and I know everyone's like oh my god like I can't say this to this client because I need it but do you really need them nah, nah, you don't nah, 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 you nah, don't nah, nah, nah. say that shit like you don't know your worth <laughs> know your worth yeah. And, yeah, and that's something that I'm being very strict with on myself because even myself sometimes I'd be like uh okay well if I do this like this might lead to something really dope but like no no not this year not anymore (laughs) ever again I know what I'm worth I know like I really like think like process is very valuable in anything that you do and that can't be free um so yeah yeah. it's been hard for a, a lot of freelancers I think to get to that place because first of all you have to have a level of confidence in yourself for sure to begin with to to even put your foot down and be like nah i'm not gonna do that (laughs) like i'm definitely not gonna work on that project for exposure or whatever you know because i feel like a lot of freelancers do fall into that trap of like oh this could be i need to get the name out yeah i need to get my name out there i need to yeah yeah i think like you know there comes maybe early in someone's career I think it's okay to sometimes be like, okay, well, let's barter at least. You can do this for me and I'll do this um, in exchange just to kind of start honing your your skills and, Mm -hmm. you know, just building your creative muscle and building that confidence. But there gets to a point that you've done that enough and... um, you know, you've no, well, no one's ever said anything bad about you or right. your craft or anything you've executed. So that's where that confidence comes in to just, yeah, yeah, just charge, charge where you're worth. Charge where you're worth. And yeah. it's, it's crazy that that 
even though we say that, but it's, it's I, I don't know why it's hard to implement that or like why it's hard to understand that and actually like stick with it for us. Like, what do you think it is? Like, what what causes for, us to be like, you know, I could, I should charge my worth, but should I? Like, I feel it's, like it's it's, it's like a, a meekness. I feel like yeah. about mm-hmm. someone because yeah. it's it's just it's something that's conceptual. I mean, it's not yeah. anything you can actually hold. Like, if I were physically creating something for you and working on it with my hands and molding it and whatever, right, right. I would know the effort that it took. But when it comes to something that's like uh, uh, theoretical, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That you can't hold and is is not. It doesn't. Yes, it has value, but like in a tangible sense, right. doesn't really. Yeah, it's it's really hard to place that. It is. I think you really it, have to go. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, no. I was I was gonna say that at that point you're playing with ideas and you're selling somebody an idea. An idea, and, and that feels you feel bad. You're you feel like, weird. Oh, yeah, especially yeah. if you're really good at it, because then you're like, oh shit, like I'm really good at this. I could do it really quickly, and then like <laughs> you know or whatever. But then. Yeah, you feel like you're you're jipping somebody because it's like easy for you to come up with. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think that be- you've reached that point because you've yeah. put in your ten thousand hours and because you've yeah. done the work, and so you can only reach that point where it's like, oh yeah, I can do this in an hour. Mm-hmm. But that's why I yeah. don't charge hourly because just because I can do this in an hour doesn't mean that I didn't put in yeah. the same amount of thought and the same amount of effort and creative muscle into this so i guess you also have to remember that yeah i think i think uh there was a public picasso quote where he was in a he was in a coffee shop in spain just like a little cafe and he was like drawing something doodling something on on a napkin and he threw it away and some woman walked up to him and was just like hey like how could you just throw this away like could i buy this off of you and he was like, no. He, or she goes, how much is it worth? And he goes, like, you know, $500,000 or whatever. And she goes, what? <laughs> like, it's just a doodle. Like, it's nothing, like, you know, it took you, like, two seconds. He goes, no, it took me, like, eight, whatever, 50 years yeah. to draw that. Yeah. And it's, that quote has always stuck out with me because it's, like, it's true. It's, it's not that it just took me five seconds to do that. It's taking me all of the time that I've learned my craft to create that exactly to come to this point and make this you know i mean with pablo picasso like i don't know if you know his story but it took him years to even find out what his he wanted to find a style he wanted to find something Mm -hmm. that was innovative and that was like anti like the the bourgeois or whatever that was going on at the moment mm-hmm. and bourgeois. it took bourgeoisie bourgeoisie, bourgeoisie. yes bourgeoisie. i knew i was going to mess that one up <laughs> <laughs> That's um, so good. but it took him years to figure that out and it wasn't until he met henry matisse and mm-hmm. found out yeah. that people were paying a certain amount of money for matisse's pieces when he found matisse's pieces to be like in his words or i guess in his words translated into millennial it was basic <laughs> um <laughs> some basic shit <laughs> yeah he was like well what what the hell like okay well he did this i'm gonna go di- do this and they just kept like competing with each other to come up with something that was more unique and it mm-hmm. wasn't until he took a trip home to Spain and found this African mask and realized like, wow, this is really beautiful the way this face is configured. Let me mm-hmm. start drawing faces like this. And then that's how mm-hmm. he came up with his whole 
Cubist style. So I'm sure that doodle only took him like two seconds because he had already come up yeah. with his thing, but that had taken him years. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. I, I think that uh, a lot of companies and, and just businesses in general, clients, don't really realize that. They don't yeah. realize what they're buying, you know, until it's really explained. Because them. they're coming yeah. to you yeah. because they already see you as an expert. So they're like, oh, they're an expert in their craft. They know mm-hmm. what to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't yeah. take them that long. And if the only yeah. reason you're an expert is because it did take you so long. <laughs> you know, it's like I always tell people, like, I, I paid $50,000 for this. Like, that's how much my art career costs, unfortunately. So, yes, <laughs> you are going to pay me this because I went yeah, to yeah. school for this. Yeah, I put that foot down. So, I mean... <laughs> So for anybody listening, uh, I feel like the takeaway from this conversation, at least one of them should really be, you know, one, just know your worth, regardless if you're know in corporate your or, yeah. or freelance, um, you know, know your worth, yeah. um, know how you work, right? And know what what kind of works best for you and, and how to make your your job easier on yourself. So, you know, be find the, the tools that you need to schedule out things and, and, and set, a time, like set aside time to really prioritize your health and yourself yes um in either case because mm. it's just important to really have that and ultimately it'll make a better product um and raise the value of that product if mm-hmm. you can take care of yourself take care of the clients take care of your of the the market you know i feel like you're gonna yeah be good hands, hands yeah. great hands um so thank you deanna for coming through and, and just chat with us for a moment about it we appreciate you of course spreading some knowledge <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, This was really fun. You guys are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. We appreciate it. Is there anything else, uh, any plugs or anything else you want to tell the people before we uh, leave? Any plugs? Um, So I am currently going through rebranding, but that is on hold until Fashion Week is over. So as soon as February 14th hits, Go to my Instagram, Diamond Design. Uh, Hit that email button. Start hitting me up for work. I would love to work on more art direction this year. I love being on set. I love hyping people up on set to make the dopest shit ever. So more of that this year. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I don't know, I guess... Go to listen to the other thousand story episodes from season one because they are truly Ooh. gems. I'm plugging you guys. <laughs> we appreciate you. Yeah. The love and the in the listening, you know, it's it's definitely appreciated. All For around. sure. Uh, you know, I've definitely good, taken notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, if you guys you know, follow Deanna's advice, go check out the previous podcast episodes. Um, they're up now everywhere YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, anything, Apple Music, Audio Apple, Mac, you know, all of it. Yes. Um, so, go find that. Um, and, you know, for this uh, conversation, if you guys have any questions or any concerns or any notes on freelancing and any any other resources you want to share you know hit us up share them with us on uh, twitter or instagram yeah slide in those dms please you know at thousand story shoot your shot 2019 (laughs) 2019 shoot your shot um and what what do we have next louise what's the next shit man Uh every time Uh Uh, all right well wait actually wait we should talk about we should uh we should talk about where we can find us. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get there. 
no, we'll no, get no, there, no, no, but no, no, I want to no. give me some time. No, give me some I, time. I want to know. You can find me at El Pontillo, E L P O N T I L L O, on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at Mr. Naji Boy. That's M R N A J I B O Y. Okay. And, and now. Indiana, wait, what about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at, at Diamond Design. So that's T Y M I N Design. Um, hit that follow button before it changes because that yes. will be rebranded soon. <laughs> I just hit that follow button. So. Oh, hit that follow button. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Louise. All right. Enough stuff. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Next week, we're going to be talking about how to, uh, how to win that game of Call of Duty <laughs> against that 14-year-old who keeps beating your ass. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to talk strategy, tactics, the whole works. You know, playthroughs. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to show you our playthroughs, Twitch streams. We're going to go through everything. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I don't even know why I said Call of Duty. I should have said Fortnite. Damn. I fucked it up. It's I all fucked good. it up. No, I'm changing it. You know what? It's okay. Fortnite. We came from the last generation. <laughs> Oh shit! We're old. We're old now. Oh god! Oh gosh! We're the OG millennials. We are. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. But thank you again for all who listen. We appreciate you. We love you. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Thousand Story Podcast with your hosts Najee and Louise. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.